the reading you're hearing tonight from the word of the Lord out of Matthew chapter 11. And I'm going to read verses beginning at verse 20 and read through verse 25. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. And woe unto thee, Sherazim, and woe unto thee, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted under the heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. And it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. Like to turn into the book of St. Luke. Begin reading at verse 21. Chapter 21 and verse 20. And when you shall see Jerusalem come compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is not. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains. Let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these are the days of vengeance. And all these things which are written may be fulfilled. Down to the 25th verse. There shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations and perplexities and the sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear, for lacking, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption. Draw it now. Perhaps the reading of my text tonight is just a little bit deceptive. It is a text of great interest to many of us today. And yet it's one that we find it very difficult for us to believe. But I'm going to speak to this youth camp tonight and on their level about the night that Jesus comes. How many of you believe Jesus is coming soon? But the Asians stood here and said there seems to be something in the air. He related to you other camps that he had been in. And I very readily can concur with those statements where we have been privileged to be this year. I have felt a spirit that I have never felt before among the people of God. There is something in the air. What is it? The night Jesus comes. Shall we pray? Our God, 
we love you. We praise you. We ask you to give us the hearts of these campers tonight. Allow us to preach to them. And allow us to bring them the truth of God's word. Lord, there's 12 here that I'm reaching for. And I ask you to allow us to reach that 12. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. You may be seated. tonight that anytime you begin to talk about Jesus coming it is almost a fixture in our doctrine that he is coming. And we think about it, well, he's coming. But when is he coming? We have talked about the coming of the Lord for so long, and he hasn't come yet. And I suppose this has somewhat caused us to go into a spirit of taking it for granted that it will be someday and that it's going to happen. How many of you children believe he's coming soon? But the first one to ask you a question. What would you do if he came tonight? is what your heart says. And I'm not going to worry about it. It'll be just a little while. But this is the spirit that has captured the hearts of our people, our moms, our dads, our families. Because we do not believe that he is coming soon. We have allowed our lives to go into an area and into a style of living that we really don't worry about whether he comes or whether he doesn't. Hallelujah. You'd like to see him come tonight. Just wave your hand, everybody. You'd like to see him. Ask yourself a question and do just a little bit of an analysis here. If you knew that he was coming now, if you knew that tonight was the night that it was going to happen. Would you want to see him exactly as you are? Nothing else? Not make any change? I don't want to say anything to anybody. If I knew he was coming right now, I would say okay. Even so, Lord, come on. Or if you knew that he was coming, how much time would you have to spend doing things that down in your heart you know is undone? Is there somebody that you would 
place to go to if you lose. He was coming tonight. city, a great man, a minister. He got word that a person that he had been at odds with was very seriously ill, nigh unto death. And he woke up and said, I've got to go. And go to that bedside. When he questioned him, why do you feel that you need to go? He said, I want to be sure that everything's right before he leaves here. But you haven't done anything. You haven't done anything to cause you to go and have to talk to that man. Maybe not. But if he goes, I want to be sure. I wonder how many of us have a feeling like this in our heart tonight. Mother and dad really believed that Jesus was coming soon. And you come tonight to find your children. Would you want it to be just like it is? Or would there be a change come over you tonight? You knew he was coming. But because we don't believe it, because it is a thing out yonder, we're going to wait and take our chance that everything will work out all right. Honey, that's a dangerous thing. For you to do. Hallelujah. You see what you don't understand and what you really don't believe. That you brought these children to this camp. They've been here five days. They've enjoyed the atmosphere of the Spirit of God teaching all day if you could have been here and watched them respond in these classes. Brother Lane's every class. These children sat out on the edge of these pews and they would look at those teachers and literally beg them teach, 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 teach. An hour would go by, and when the teacher would walk away, those children would stand up and clap their hands, teach, teach, teach. There's been something put into them in the last five days that's valuable to this child, but how long is it going to take you and the way you live at home to draw out everything? that's been put in that heart. Well, I know you don't like to hear what I'm fixing to tell you, but honey, I'm going to tell you anyway, because I'm leaving Indiana in the morning. Hallelujah. I wonder what that child would do You would actually wake them up 
tomorrow morning and say, honey, it's time to pray. But in the Pentecostal home, the family altar is a forgotten art, a thing of the past. You don't ever take time to take a child down and say, honey, daddy wants to pray with you. But you see, the reason is because you don't believe that Jesus is coming very soon. How long has it been, Mom, since you had a devotion time with your children? They see you work. They see you go about the house. They see you doing things, sure, they appreciate it. But what would it mean to a child that's just been filled with the Holy Ghost to go home and find mom and dad ready to pray, to read the Bible, to look at them and say, honey, we must be ready. But we Pentecostals, have thrust it into the hands of a Sunday school. And that Sunday school teacher can do it in 30 minutes. That teacher can do it in 45 minutes a week. Oh, but honey, let Brother Foss tell you, that's what I'm saying to you tonight, because you don't believe this thing that Jesus is out to come very soon, that anything can happen, because if you did, you'd look at it in a different light than what you're looking at it tonight. You would look at it and know that if he did, Twelve of you don't have the Holy Ghost. What twelve is it? I don't want you to put your hand up very high. Just lift your hand up a little ways. Brother Foss, I don't have the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what they're telling you when they say, I don't have the Holy Ghost? Brother Henson, if anything happens, I will wallow in a red hot hell and nobody cares. You're going to close the camp. You're going to worry about getting away from here. And I'm still lost. My God, if God can make us understand, Mom and Dad, that that responsibility is resting on your shoulder tonight. I wonder if your home wouldn't be a little bit different. I can remember the days in my home when we went to the table, the plates were turned upside down. We didn't just sit down and somebody bow their head and say, Lord, we ask you to bless our food now and receive our thanks. In the name of the Lord, amen. I remember that old gray-headed dad of mine all right, children, it's time to pray. And down on our knees we'd go. But are you aware tonight that some of these Pentecostal children have never seen their mother and dad pray in their home at all? Brother Foss, I can't believe it. Honey, when you don't go to the prayer rooms at church, you don't pray at home. When you don't pray in the altar at church, you don't pray at home. Right. Right. I knew you was going to preach this way, Brother Foster. Don't think I'd have come. I'm hoping that we send home little red hot lumps of lead from this youth camp that'll take you and shake you and say, Mama, the Lord's coming soon and we've got to be ready to go. You see, if you could really catch a vision 
of what it is to see these boys and these girls lost. Things would be different to you all together. One of the greatest minds in our city, out at NASA in the space program, one of the men that done so much of the work on the landing of that great spaceship on the moon. He came early one morning from the little town of Clear Lake City and he saw an explosion on the horizon. When he got there, there was a Thunderbird automobile, a white one, and it had had a wreck and hit the abutment of a bridge. Burst in the flames. He was the first car that got there. When he got to it, he tried to open the doors and the doors wouldn't open. The doors were so hot, they burned his hands. He burned third degree burns on his hands. But that beautiful blonde haired woman on the inside screaming, would somebody please get me out of here? He said that I saw her when her hair caught on fire and she beat it. She slapped it. She tried to put it out. He said, I watched her burn to a child charcoal with hands wrapped in gauze under a sedative in the middle of the night wake up screaming I wish I could forget it tonight he is in Rusk County of Texas a stark raving maniac, running, wringing his hands. I lost him. I lost him. Oh, friend, when I tell you a story like that, it does something to you. But my God, if you could understand that what I've got sitting in front of me is 12 precious children that's going to hell and somebody better wake up. You see, if you really believe that he was coming tonight, you would uh, have a little different attitude about it. If you really thought he was coming soon, when you got home, you wouldn't forget about what happened at youth camp. You would try to do something about the way things have been. But for the first, it can't be that way. But honey, that's the way it is. You sent these children here. They came every night. They sang under the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Well, they have to wait one year before they can come back and feel every morning. Wake it up. We're praying. Mom and Daddy, where are you tonight? Honey, you're going to take the responsibility from tonight on. You're the one that needs to wake up and see Johnny and Susie follow the Holy Ghost rather than saying I sent them to youth camp and they've done well and Monday morning you get up and go to your job and forget all about what's going on. How many times have you, sir, got them ready for school? Not fortunate enough to go to a Christian school, but you've sent them to a public school. Got them out of bed, rushed them along. Oh, I'll fix their breakfast, Brother Foss. But honey, you're sending them right into the jaws of hell itself. And you didn't even think, I need to pray with them before they leave. You send them out, there they go. Where are you sending them? Honey, you've sent them to youth camp. Some of them have got the Holy Ghost. They're going home with a vibrant spirit. If you could have been here last night, you could have been here the night before. If you could have been here the night before and saw these children dancing in the Spirit of God, I'm sure that it would have done something for you. But honey, your picture, your picture is found in the Word of God. What do you mean, Elder? Let's look at it for a minute. Our destiny 
our choice determines our destiny. Father the Henson, I know this is the last night, but oh my friend, I'm asking God to somehow let me clean my hands of this youth camp tonight. I don't want to walk away from here with the blood of one of these little fellows dripping from my fingertips, but mama, neither do I want to see them put into your carnal hands and you are not spiritual enough to take them home and fan the flame that's been ignited, the flame that's been started to burn, the flame that's caught fire. How long will it be before you dampen that spirit and join is gone. Brother Foss, I work for a living. I grant you that. My job demands much of my time. I grant you that. But don't let it take all of your time. Don't be so busy about making money that you forget what this is all about. These children have got a taste of heaven and they don't want to miss it. What are you going to do about that, sir? Could it be that you're going to wait and it's going to be too late? Brother Muncie, talk to us today. Talk to our children. Will it be too late when you finally wake up? Oh, that God would let a shaking come across this fellowship of ours that would allow us to realize that we've got to arise and get ready for what's coming on the horizon. Are you really ready for it? Take your choice. Which way are you going? I'll go this way. What's down there? I see some beautiful things. That's the way I want to go. That's the way he went. Lot made his choice. I'll go to Sodom. You can't fault him for that. If you, as the breadwinner, was offered a tremendous pay raise. You hardly would even question the idea of the will of God. You would take it. Opportunity is something great, but honey, opportunity is not always the will of God. Hear me. Look, you're going. Yes, I'm going. You're going to Sodom. Yes, I'm going. I see the grass. I see the well-watered plains. I see the way that I can find a secure feeling for myself. But what Locke did not understand, that when he moved to Sodom, his children were going to marry Sodomites and get involved in what's going on. And Locke, you are so busy with what's going on around you. You can't understand, what that things are getting bad. You feel at home. Oh, God, what's wrong with us when we feel at home with the putrefying things of this world everywhere around us? Hello? You want me to go a little further with it? Do you really? You was really so conscious that you ought to be. There would be no need for a standard sheet sent out from a youth camp and then tell you that hair has to be a certain length, that dresses have to be a certain length, but because of your cold, lukewarm spirit, mama, because of your undesirable attitude, dad, you let your family slip. Oh, hallelujah. 
I mean, I could say a whole lot more right here. I thought I ought to say it, but I might have to. I find it very difficult, Brother Henson, for me to preach a standard to my church and to my young people when young evangelists and old walk into my pulpits with their hair down over their collar and down over their ear. There's something happening to us. Let me get back to my subject here. Right quick, I felt that one. But honey, it's true anyway. It's true anyway. When words begin to understand that this thing is coming to a close, what? You didn't expect your children to get involved. But you become so involved yourself that before you communed with God, you knew something about God. You traveled with Abraham. You watched him go to the mountain. You watched him commune with the Lord. Perhaps you went with him, Rock, but since you've gone to Sodom, you forgot about it. One day, God said, I'm through. I want you to go and we're going to destroy Sodom. You know the story how that he talked with Abraham. This is not where I want to dwell tonight. What I want you to see is the fact that Lot was unable to tell that a messenger from God had come to him. Every time a man of God walks to a pulpit, if your heart is in tune, look it out to me. You'll find out that man has got a message, and I want to hear it. But many of us take the idea that he's just preaching another sermon, and that's all it was. But honey, in the end time, it's not just another sermon. It's not just another preacher. But somewhere, a man is going to bring you a message of doom shake you and make you aware that Jesus Christ is coming. The angels of God came to Lot. He said, come on in. Good to see you. We'll wash your feet. We'll have a meal. In the morning, you get up and go on your way. But Lot, you didn't understand what it was. These men have a message to do, and they're telling you to get out, to go, to get out, get out, get out. What do you mean? They were sent from God. And you didn't recognize it, Lot. They were sent directly from God. I wonder who it is in this audience tonight that you have heard the man of doom already. Your message has been preached. Your fate has been sealed. You no longer are touched by the feelings of the ministry anymore. You used to feel that strong beat of conviction in your chest man was preaching, but not anymore. Daddy, how long has it been? You were the Holy Ghost. How long has it been since that old pastor of yours has shook you until you fell at an altar and cried, oh God, help me. interested in going to bed, not interested in that. What we're interested in is telling you to get up and get out of here. Go and find whatever's yours. Go and get whatever belongs to you. Go and get it and get it out of here. 
Oh, and if I could paint a picture tonight of a man that ran to a door and beat on that door and said, open the door, honey, it's time to go. But that girl looked at him, that boy, and laughed in his face. <laughs> what do you mean, time to go? We're not going with you. We married sodomites. We're not about to leave here. Honey, that's going to be the picture of some of you tonight. You're going to run to your children when it's too late, and they're going to laugh in your face. And you really don't care. I know it's a little out of context for me to go the route that I'm going tonight. But I feel so desperate to tell you that this is likely to be the last youth camp these children will ever be in. And if it is, you better hope and pray to God that somebody has put something in them that'll make them ready. How long has it been, sir, since you've really been stirred about anything? You've drifted along, oh, you've got money in your pocket. Honey, that don't mean a thing to God. You've got a home, that's all right, but that don't mean anything to God. You've got everything going your way, but just the flip of the switch, the blink of the eye, and all of it could come to naught. And there you are, stripped, 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 stripped. What if he did come tonight? Boys, how many of you are ready if Jesus comes? How about it, McKellar? I watched you play ball this week. Fantastic little athlete. How do you feel about it, honey? You ready? Really ready? How about it, son? I watched you play the organ. How do you feel? Are you really ready tonight? You that were here Wednesday night, I preached. I mentioned a little boy that I have talked to, that I have gone to. And that little fella looked at me and said, I don't want to pray. Let me alone. I don't want to pray. Where are you, son? Right over here. Put up your little hand. Very sex. You know what happened to him last night? Right over here. The Lord baptized him with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he come and looked me up after church and said, Brother Foss, I'm going to tell you what happened to me tonight. I said, honey, what happened to you? He said, I just got the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder, honey, does your daddy pray with you at home? Don't answer me. Does he read the Bible to you at home? Don't answer me. Just think about it. Is it going to be all right when you get home? Some of these kids I'm sending home tonight, they're going home tomorrow. They're going to parents that don't have the Holy Ghost. They're going to a family where they're the only one that's holding on to God. Are you telling me that everything is set? The stage is set? It's all right? Oh, no, sir. There's something got to happen back there between the porch and the altar if these children are going to be saved when Jesus comes. God, help us to get out of the showcase. God, help us to get out of the place that men are looking at us. Brother Foss, you ought to preach something that would impress people. I don't want to impress you, sir. I hope I make you mad. I hope I upset your apple cart. I hope I make you stop and think. I'm sick and tired of going to a pulpit and preaching a sermon that people would jump out in the aisles and say it was great. Our preachers have been in the showcase long enough. It's time.
down for us to get our nose in a wet, soppy carpet and ask God, give us the sermon, a message that will stir them that are around us. The reason that you're a showcase preacher you never get between the porch and the altar. Oh, hear me, sir. Help me tonight. What's going to become of these kids? What's going to happen to them? Brother Hinston, is the money wasted? Has the time been wasted? Brother Rains, is the time wasted? What you've preached and what you've done, is it wasted? Oh, God, help us to ignite a fire in the home that these children are going to that somehow tomorrow it'll be different. It'll be different Sunday. It'll be different next week. You won't be just a fixture in a church, but you'll have your family involved. No, I've never preached like this on the last night of a youth camp. And I'm not attempting to tell you why, but I'm telling you one thing, sir. If I ever felt the Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I feel it in this place tonight. I feel it standing by me at this moment. Oh, God, help me to do something that will plant the feet of these children securely in the kingdom of God. Are you really ready for it? Get out, Lot. Get out. Get out. Get out. You see, Daddy, it's been a while since you really felt the burden of a soul. What's happened? My children going to hell. And I really don't care. Some of us never stop to think. Some of us preachers, let me talk to you for just a minute, preacher. You're preaching to others. You're so busy shaking people's hands. You're so busy going to hospitals. You're so busy in an office. You're so busy about a church. That your boys and your girls are slipping away and you're losing them. You hear what I'm saying? One of our fine men in the state of Mississippi come and dropped his head on my shoulder week before last in the Mississippi camp after I finished preaching one night and the power of the Holy Ghost was so strong. He said, Brother Foss, you didn't know it. But said, my 14-year-old I lost him in a car wreck just four weeks ago. And he began to cry. I said, Brother, what, uh, what can I say? He said, I know that you've walked that same valley. I said, yes, sir. And I'll tell you that God's going to walk it with you. But he said, you don't understand. He said, my other two boys are both on drugs. They're both so bad. They've gone so far. That just a week before my boy was killed, I sit him down. I talked to him. I said, son, if you're going to do what the others have done, daddy's ready for you to go now. Can you be saved? He grabbed me by the shoulders and shook me and said, Brother Foss, what's happening? What's happening? Honey, I'll tell you, it's time for us to wake up and realize that if we don't get down to business about our kids, we're going to lose them all. You can bust them in across the city. You can bring them in across the state. But honey, wake up. There's something happening across the breakfast table. Every morning, you need to see a child, not as my little Johnny and Sue, but as a soul that's on its way to a red hot hell. And you're not caring about it.
I know. I'm digging you kind of close tonight. I'm talking to mothers and daddies, but your boys, you don't even know where they are. They're not here. They're in another town. They're somewhere else. There's some of them tonight. They're under the influence of drugs. Some of them under the influence of alcohol. And you're sitting here wondering, how did it happen? I'm going to tell you, honey. Wake up. Wake up. Nobody can bear that burden like you. But we're going to do it a little bit different tonight. How many of you boys, you really want to go to heaven? How many of you girls over here, you really want to go? I want this organ to start playing. And I want everybody to bow your head. I'll never forget it. How close have you been? How close? I had a little 14-year-old boy come to my office not long ago. Brother Charles Mahaney was in revival with me, and I haven't been able to get over this. Even night before last in this youth camp, I woke up, Brother Henson. I relived that moment in my office as though it was yesterday. Sister Foss turned over and said, what's the matter with you? I said, nothing. I'm just laying here. I couldn't get it out of my mind. Rodney Holcomb came to Sunday school. He came to church. Been coming about two years. I saw him when he got the Holy Ghost. At least, he come and said, Brother Foss, I got the Holy Ghost tonight. I said, Rodney, that's great. I'm so glad. I appreciate it. You see, you underestimate what's going on in the minds of these 11th and 12s, 13th and 14-year-olds. I watched him during revival shout by himself. Nobody in his family cared about God. Rodney worked in the bus ministry. Rodney had to be brought to church. Somebody had to go get him. But one day he came in, just about three months ago, he said, Brother Foss, I'd like to talk to you in the office. I'd like to set up an appointment with you. I said, okay, Rodney. How about tonight, 6 o'clock, service starts 7.45, I'll meet you at the church early, okay, Saturday night, Rodney came, come and sit in the office, I listened to him in his childlike way, he told me, Brother Foss, I live alone, nobody in my home prays, nobody cares. He said, I thought you ought to know that I've made some mistakes. I've been sniffing blue. But since this revival, I've been trying to pray. I've been trying to get over it. And I believe the Lord's helped me. I want to tell you about a dream I had, Brother Foss. I listened to him for 45 minutes. Rodney just talked. He talked. Told me about a dream. Told me about angels. Tell me about gates. I couldn't put it together. I said, Yes, pray in the Lord will show it to you. Oh, and he talked. He told me about living in Montana. He told me about living in Wyoming. Tell me about moving to Houston. Told me about coming to church. Rodney, great. That Sunday night, that Saturday night, revival. I saw Rodney at an altar. I seen him get up from the altar. Everybody else was gone. I seen him pray so desperately. He beat his little hands together. He started to jump one foot and then the other. For an hour, he stood there. He cried. We stood there and watched him praying occasionally. People at the back, back there, they 
were talking, wondering where they was going. How about a hamburger tonight? Let's go to Dennis. Let's go to Sambo. Let's go somewhere else. We didn't know what was going on on the inside of Rodney. The battle raged. I saw him almost in sheer exhaustion. He stopped. When he stopped, come up and hug my neck. Thank you, Brother Foss. Thank you. I love you. Rodney walked out the door. Next morning was Sunday school. Gary Vila got in his little pinto and went by Rodney's house. Thirty-eight special in his fist, pressed against his chest. Just a little while, Rodney was gone. I'm telling you? Are you really ready for him to come tonight? Whether it be in the clouds of glory, or whether it be in a white car with a red flashing light. Some of you don't care, but there's battles going on inside of these kids tonight. Battles that you are not aware of. And I'm asking you, Mom, wake up. I'm asking your dad, wake up. I'm going to lose some of them. But it's going to be different tonight. It's going to be different. My God, we're going to do it different than we've ever done it, Brother Henson. I'm going to ask these kids to help me. I want them to help me tonight. I want them to do everything they can to help me.